Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 45 of the Know Your Physio podcast. I'm your host, Andres Bruchel, helping you discover your science to optimize your life, health, and performance. And today's guest is Joshua Holland. And this is actually part one of a series that we're calling The Awareness Shift. There's two parts. Both have been published by the time I recorded this intro. And this is going to be primarily an introduction to Josh and his work. Now, part one and part two are very different. This first part is, like I said, more of an introduction. It really paints the picture, provides the necessary context so that the practicality, the takeaways, the application, and the narrative that we carry in part two makes a little more sense. Now, of course, you can tune into one or two of the episodes either way. They're both going to be full of information, full of value, full of very rich takeaways that will help you create this shift in awareness towards better performance, better health, fitness, etc. Except I highly, 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 highly recommend tuning into both parts, especially if you like this one, because by the time episode two came around or part two, I mean, Josh and I just went from being complete strangers to like best friends. (laughs) So we got really personal on part two. And yeah, with that being said, you guys, here's Josh Holland, an incredible, incredible trainer, biohacker, state-of-the-art fitness coach, and holistic health coach, sports professional. You guys are in for a real treat with Josh. And thanks, my man, for your valued time and experience and joining us today. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy and we'll see you on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, the folks at Bioptimizers have done it again. They've just released their new and improved formula for Magnesium Breakthrough, the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. This product was already amazing, but Bioptimizers has continued to research and improve it. And this new fourth generation formula means Magnesium Breakthrough is now even more potent and effective for reducing stress, improving sleep, and boosting energy levels. And if you've already taken Magnesium Breakthrough, You'll want to try the new formula as soon as you can because it now includes cofactors like B6 and manganese that help with the absorption of magnesium. And if you've never tried Magnesium Breakthrough before, now is the perfect time to try it. And here's why. For the deepest healing of many health problems, Dr. Mark Circus says there is going to be only one answer, and that answer is magnesium. And why does he say that? Well, there's two very important reasons. First, magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions. And second, about 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium. This is a much bigger problem than most people think because when you don't get enough magnesium, you suffer from poor sleep, low energy, and even higher stress levels. And in every bottle of magnesium breakthrough, you'll get seven unique forms of organic full spectrum magnesium, which can dramatically improve your health. It can help you sleep longer and deeper, help you reduce stress levels and feel more calm. It'll give you abundant all-day energy to win at life. And because it supports mental awareness, Magnesium Breakthrough can help you to finally feel like yourself again. Simply taking two capsules before you go to bed, and you'll be amazed by the improvements in your mood and energy levels. And how much more rested you feel when you wake up. You'll feel refreshed like new. And for an exclusive offer for my listeners, you can go to magbreakthrough.com slash undress and use code ONDRESS, A-N-D-R-E-S, during checkout to save 10% and get free shipping. Oh, 
And one last thing, if you want your loved ones to be healthier, consider giving them the gift of Magnesium Breakthrough for Mother's Day, Father's Day, or even a spring birthday. Again, that special link is magbreakthrough.com slash undress. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-U-G-H.com slash undress. One more time, magbreakthrough.com slash undress, A-N-D-R-E-S. Use code undress during checkout, save 10% and get free shipping. That's all for now, folks. Have an amazing rest of your day. Hope you enjoy some good sleep and some nice, calm energy with your magnesium. All right, man. Well, hey, welcome to the Know Your Physio podcast. It's such an honor to have you, Joshua. I noticed that you have a bunch of different titles that you like to (laughs) share with people on your Instagram bio, but I think the, the best way to describe what you do is you're a holistic trainer and health optimization coach. I just want to express how much I've enjoyed digesting your your content over the past couple of years. The way that I look up to you, honestly, as a as a fellow, you know, evidence based content creator, biohacker. I know that the term biohacker is a little iffy, and we'll talk about that. <laughs> as a as a fellow health optimization coach, you know, I really admire what you do. I had a chance to see your face and your blue tongue at on a poster at the Biohacking Congress last year, and that was really exciting. I was like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> and yeah, man, having you here on the show is really special. So, so welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Andres, man, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I also had a really good time diving into a lot of your content and I think you're, you're crushing it. And, you know, it also just seeing some of the, the quality of guests that you've had on your show. I have big shoes to fill, man. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, but I'm impressed with everything you're doing. And so when it got to the point where we decided to get onto the platform, I thought for sure, I definitely want to want to do this. So thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And and as far as that comment about uh, having big shoes to fill, you're the kind of person that actually helps the people that I have on the show become optimized, you know? So <laughs> you're the guy mm. behind the scenes helping these people get optimized. And so maybe it's an interesting scenario for you, but you know, you definitely, definitely are a, a top-notch, top-notch guest here. And it's super, super special to have you. Thank We're you, very man. lucky to have Thank you here you. today. Thank you. So Josh, tell me a little bit about why you do what you do. You know, you have all this experience. You've worked with some amazing people. Why do you do what you do, man? If I had to really dig deep and, and answer that question from a, a place of introspection and sort of reflecting back on my childhood and and my family from you know back home I'm from a, a small town in Chandler Oklahoma and my my family especially on my dad's side are morbidly obese morbidly obese and it was one of those things where growing up my dad he's the sensei he's the creator of a karate school called Russell's School of Karate and my brother and I we grew up into martial arts. And when you're in that transformative state as a as a young kid, you start to learn about life, you start to learn about how to interact with people, but you also for the first times in your life you get a chance to hear just how mean people can be, especially when it comes to people you love like my father. And you know, we used to always I grew up very poor. And so we had this car that when my brother and I, or when me, my dad, my brother, we would be in the car, we'd be driving around town, there would be a cloud of smoke coming out of the back of our car. 
And it was very embarrassing. There's, there was a lot of shame kind of built into that. And this, this is how certain defense mechanisms get built. But, you know, instead of, as a family, instead of talking through some of these pain points, it everything kind of just gets sweeped under the rug. You know, it just kind of doesn't get talked about, especially men, African-American men, which is sort of my, it's my background, my experience. And I see it a amongst a lot of my friends and peers. But these things, you, you just kind of file it away in a, in a, in a different location and then you, you tough it out. And it's about being tough and, you know, you don't cry, you don't, you don't become vulnerable. And when you blend all of that together with my deep knowledge and experience of going through martial arts, I kind of started to blend that in with this newfound introspection and now is this thing right and this thing is is something that people are like well Josh what is it you do and i do a lot of things right kind of like you men- you mentioned with the the different titles behind my name and things like that but all of this stems from what i learned and what i experienced as a as a young boy and then all of the things that i've relearned trying to kind of dig through the traumas that we all face and I see how, oh, this is why I might get triggered by this. And this is why I might get triggered by that. And when I can work through some of that, it's a lot easier for me to then ask those same questions to pull that out of the people that I'm working with. So doing what I do is simply helping people become more aware of the power that they hold to be able to change their life. And that's about the best I can sum it up. So when you work with these people and the reason why you do what you do is to bring awareness because for a long time you felt that in your family, this sort of, there was more like pushing things away, not bringing awareness to them to deal with them, but instead of just putting them under the rug, so to speak. And that really spoke to you. You know, you wanted to make a difference there. And now the reason you have all these titles is because you realize that there's more than one way to accomplish that when you work with people as far as health optimization goes, because such a tailored, unique approach, you have to have a lot of these tools available to you to bring that awareness to someone. First of all, would you would you agree <laughs> would you agree with with that summary? Yeah, I think you you summed it up much better than than I did. I tend to get long-winded because again, this journey we call life is is not fast. Things don't happen usually as fast as we want them to. And when you mentioned that I noticed that things were being swept under the rug, I didn't really find that out until I did the inner work, until I started to understand what meditation is about, until I started to understand what it's like to block out the noise by various methods, right? Like doing simple things like flotation tanks. It's like, have you ever been in a situation where it's just you and your thoughts? Some people are afraid of that, but I welcome that because I know what is on the other side of it potentially. And, and so this is, and you've also seen what's on the other side of that. If you don't bring awareness to it, you've seen it in your family. Exactly. I've seen it in my family and I've seen it with number of, of clients. And so when I can see that before it fully develops, I feel like I have an advantage of being able to help someone become aware of, Hey, this is your life. This is what you want to do. You came to me because you wanted a certain outcome or you wanted some guidance I see some things that could be problematic for you if you don't become more aware of it. And again, it goes back to the things that I preach all the time. It's like, do you really want to change? 
If you want to change, then let's do the work. That's it. (laughs) And how do you initially plant that seed of awareness? Because the way that I see it, it's like, and maybe we can we can discuss this as far as what it was like for you and your process. But early on, let's say I don't know how old you were when this sort of shift started to happen. But how do you think? What is the logical way to plant that seed? It seems to me like it's a lot harder to plant that initial seed of awareness and then develop that rather than having some level of awareness and then seeking a coach or seeking content or seeking a course to further that awareness, pair it with the right steps towards self-improvement. What do you think it takes to plant that initial seed? I can boil it down to one word and that's questions. And if I had two words, I would say great questions. (laughs) <laughs> because some of the things that I've learned, you know, and, and I'll mention this simply because it is relevant, and I guess it's a humble brag in, in a way. But one of the the key takeaways I get from working with someone like Madonna is she is someone that asks questions on top of questions on top of questions on top of questions. And initially, when I first started to work with her, I treated that as I became very defensive in the beginning. I was always like, why is she asking me so many questions? But when you understand people and you take questions and you are open to feedback and candor, then I think these are the best relationships that develop. And so I applied that to my health coaching practice. You know, when I went through various certification programs, this is one of the things that came up all the time, which was ask great questions and then shut up. (laughs) Keep asking great questions and shut up because people will either tell you or they will show you what is really going on. And if you are, if you're aware enough, you've done enough introspection within yourself, then these things become beacons of light. They become so bright that you're like, whoa, I need to put my my glasses on, you know? (laughs) And I see that right now. So I need to take care of that or at least I need to shine this light in that person's eyes because right now it's it's in my direction. I want to turn it back at them. So I think great questions is probably the number one thing I can do for people and for people to receive. And then I think another thing on top of that is what I slightly mentioned before, which is being open to feedback, always being open to feedback. And again, this is one of the only ways that a great health coaching session can go down is great questions, great feedback. When you deliver that, you don't have to always take and utilize that feedback. You don't always have to answer those great questions or you don't have to always try to come up with a great answer to great questions. But the moments of which you either become speechless or you don't have the answer, being able to to say that and admit certain things, I think is where the real work starts. Look, I'm, I'm known as a fitness trainer. This is how I became known. But I find myself nowadays doing way more of diving in deep into the psyche. I'm not a psychologist. I went to school for psychology and, and various other programs. But I love sociology and psychology. And I love being able to communicate with people to be able to walk them through their lives. And to see them change for the better is a beautiful thing to me. Josh, wow, this is, I really want to pick this apart. There's so many incredible points that I want to pick apart. The first thing I'll say is the fact that you, that your answer to that question was questions, aka, you know, curiosity. That was a really pleasant surprise for me because you sort of 
provoked an epiphany of sorts. I mean, I've had a chance while you were describing that for us, I had a chance to reflect on my coaching and the people that I've had the chance to help. And I've noticed that if I can separate the best responders from the worst responders of all the clients that I've ever worked with, the best responders are always the ones that ask more questions that have that are more curious. There's mm-hmm. people that definitely, you know, they're willing to pay whatever it takes to improve. They're they're willing to do anything, but they're not willing to ask questions. And so we never get to develop the relationship necessary or see the gaps necessary that we need to fill in order to really promote health optimization. So you literally just gave me, <laughs> you provoked an epiphany. <laughs> and I'll tell you that from now on, what I'm going to start doing is is noticing when I first get to meet someone, get to know someone, the kind of questions or how many questions they ask or how curious they are. And from there, I'll determine whether or not we're a good fit. Because I've been trying yeah. to narrow that down as well, you know, on my end. But the next thing I wanted to cover was you mentioned how you are a trainer, but you you end up working with people's psyche. And that's interesting because that also has allowed me to reflect on my journey. And I've realized that the people that have helped best are people that have asked questions, have given me feedback, and we develop this sort of mutual trust to the point that they can be open enough with me where I can really start to get nitpicky about different things in their lives that may be influencing their health, their performance, their overall quality of life. And from there, addressing those things first before we get to the fitness, a lot of my best clients, a lot of the most amazing transformations that I've seen are people that they come for the fitness, they come for body composition, they come for the cognitive performance, whatever it may be. We end up getting nitpicky about so many different things in their lives. We change their lives around and then they end up in a position where they're now more optimized, performing higher. But it wasn't what we addressed. It was like everything else. And then that's how they got there. Yeah. So- Thank you for sharing that with us. And uh, I appreciate the humble brag because my next, my next question was, <laughs> having worked with all of the incredible celebrities that you've worked with, what are some things that you've learned about working with those kinds of individuals that you think most people can appreciate and most people can't appreciate? And if you could begin by just kind of sharing, if you can, sharing a couple different individuals that you've worked with in the past that my listeners may be familiar with. Sure. Yeah, no problem. And, and that's a great question, speaking of questions earlier. So, and I'll just rattle off a couple of names. I mean, if people go to my website, you can see a list of some of the people I work with. And my hope is that I'll be able to display a little bit more of the behind the scenes of of my working with these celebrity clients. But as you probably know, there's a lot of NDAs and a lot of things that I cannot talk about, but that usually means I can't talk about the various experiences and what's going on in the homes and things like that. But I can surely mention who I work with and that's that's not a problem. So like some of the biggest names, I already mentioned Madonna. I've worked off and on with her for for years, ever since 2009. I think it was 2009 when I first started working with her. Maybe it was a 2008. It depends on when she may or may not need me. So that was a great experience and still is. Another big name client is Roger Waters of Pink Floyd. Roger Waters, 78 years old, amazing. I mean, he has one of the toughest minds I've ever, one of the most beautiful, intelligent minds I've ever, I've ever seen and ever experienced being around. Also, another amazing client that I just totally respect in so many ways is Oscar Isaac. We just finished doing six months of training in Budapest where he filmed that. That was amazing. And that's coming out very soon, the Moon Knight series, TV series. Also, he has been recently in the news for Scenes from a Marriage, which is such an incredible show. I think it's on HBO. 
like a few others, like for a while, I was in the high fashion model scene. I was training a lot of highly known models, girls like Gigi Hadid, Barbara Palvin, Alana Arrington. There's a lot of girls that I worked with like on their start, on their journey, because I was one of the few trainers that was actually taking into account the hormones of these young girls and the best ways to get them in shape without risking their health too much. You mentioned it earlier when you said trust. I think that's probably the best way I can answer that second part of your question is what it really takes to work with clients like this and develop a long a long-lasting relationship is trust. And this is one of the reasons why I don't want to ever misuse their trust by promoting like every other post on my Instagram, a, a photo of them or a video of them, because that's not how I'm defined. That's not who I am. You know, I happen to be someone who works with amazing people, but there's other amazing people in the world as well. You know what I mean? There's everyone I work with is an amazing person. We're all amazing beings. They know that they can trust me in their most vulnerable points in their lives to the point where I don't even have to sign NDAs anymore because they just know who I am. And the moment that that trust is broken, then everything else falls downstream. Then it's much harder to get that next client. And I can't even begin to describe how many times people say to me, bro, you should be posting videos and photos. And I'm like, well, but this is why I'm still doing what I'm doing for as long as I've been doing it at this age that I'm at. You know, I'm 40 years old and I've been doing this for a long time, but I've been kind of on the back end, behind the scenes, doing what I do. And, you know, when you get these phone calls from these big name people, I know that it's not BS. I know that they want to work with me because they think that I can really help them. And I think back in the day when I first started this, I used to get clients that wanted to train with me because I was training Madonna. And I always thought that was so weird. I thought like, I mean, I get it that there's a bit of an allure to it. I get that, oh, it's cool that I'm working with this lady and, and that if she hired me, then I should be the person to go to. I get it. But like, are you even asking questions about what are my credentials and what? how can I really help you? Because she's a completely different beast than what you are. She's willing to put in everything to make sure she gets her workout in. She's willing to do everything to make sure she has the chef that's meeting with me to go over the meal plan I think she should be on, right? And not everybody's willing to do that or even capable of doing that. So this is something I think I can point out to, and I'm sure people know this. They're probably like, duh, Josh, we, we get that. But do you really get that? It's not as easy as finally getting your foot in the door with a, a high caliber client like this by just sitting on my butt and, and getting lucky. I'm sure there is some amount of luck, but now I don't really have to put it on my resume or on my website or anything like that because they do it for me. It's that simple. I'll tell you something, man. I think that what I appreciate most about you, and I didn't want to put this in the intro because I felt that it would just sort of, sort of come up naturally. And I'm glad that it did in this fashion early on in the episode is that this kind of credibility that you've created for yourself, it speaks, it speaks for itself. And I can tell after having followed you and that you keep it low key because you pride yourself most in the service that you offer these clients. They seek you out and that's that. You don't have to show anyone anything. You don't have to yeah. brag about anything. It's something that speaks for itself. Yeah. You're low key. You're working in the background. You're giving people what they need. You're working with some amazing individuals. Everyone you work with is amazing. And that's that. People that are flashy. I think a lot of people that are flashy and all they care about is, hey, look how many 
look who I'm working with. Who's going to like this? How many, how many followers do I have? You know, all that kind of stuff. Those people, I, I feel, I, I might be wrong. I might be right. Who knows? But I feel that a lot of those people that are really flashy, they don't deliver on the back end the way that you do. You know, they're sort of compensating for it like that. And the way that you keep it low key, it just really goes to speak to the quality of your service. And it's no surprise to me that I didn't know you work with these people. It's no surprise to me. So I'm glad that we had a chance to dive into that. And if I can just interject a little bit there to piggyback on top of that, I think when I see it, because I see it all the time, right? This is the industry I'm in and it could be viewed as competition. It could be viewed as, you know, the best business move. All of that's fine, right? But at the end of the day, I think there's enough for us all to eat. I think there's enough for us to all be able to draw from because let's face it, we all are drawing from those that were before us. It's that simple and you can't patent movement and you can't patent, I mean, you can try to patent movements, and you, but what is the point? What is the point to say that, oh, well, this is mine. This is mine. I mean, we live on this planet in which everything is everyone's, right? But- of course, we have to live within certain confines and limitations and things like that. We have to conform to various rules and, and there's consequences and things like that. But I always just kind of imagine, oh, so you feel like you had to do that in order to get this. Okay. Okay. And it's no judgment. It's just an observation. And I yeah. build my entire business, my entire career based on observation and experience, right? So like even you know, as, as we get to talking about the book, my book called the awareness shift is essentially an amalgamation of my experiences and specifically an experience with my co-writer who used to be a client of mine. And what we both found out in parallel became that shift in awareness for me and for her. That's why we decided to write the book together. So wait, wait, yeah. you got to tell us a little more about that because it sounds, it's a little bit ambiguous. I'm, I'm wondering what exactly happened. Well, okay, good question or you know, good point. I think this I'll give enough for people to want to to go and read the book, but here's the thing. I didn't think that I was at a point that I should write a book about my life, like a memoir, right? And you can call it imposter syndrome, you can call it whatever. I just feel like I'm still on my way up and I'm still learning and I'm going to always be learning because it's uh, because of the constant curiosity of science in itself, but then just who I am as a person, I, I'm just always going to be gaining more and growing more. I, I love to call it growth. So I'm always growing. But when I figured out that there was a way, like every time I would go into a podcast, like in 2020, 2019, I would go into other people's platforms. They would always ask me, okay, Josh, so tell us exactly what you do. Because when we look at your Instagram, we look at your website, we see a lot of cool stuff, but like, what do you do? And so uh, with great questions comes aha moments, right? Shifts in awareness. So instead of just blurting out an answer, I think, I think on this, on this question and the fact that I get it all the time means that, okay, I need to provide something so that more people can go, ah, that's what you do. So I started a podcast five years ago and I sought out to have resources in which I could send people an episode on these same questions because I'd be working with a set of people and they would ask me about fasting or they'd ask me about the best exercises and what equipment. And I kind of was like, I don't want to be that guy that is copy and pasting responses to people because that just doesn't feel authentic. 
and I, I strive to be as authentic as I can in all parts of my life. So I just kind of thought to myself, okay, maybe I should create a podcast. And I did that and it was going very well. And then in trying to come up with various episodes, I had to try to come up with like blog posts. And one of the easiest ways to do that is to come up with like your top four things or your top three things. And although I don't like health optimization to be boiled down or oversimplified like that, I kind of have to live within the rules because let's face it, our attention span is not very long (laughs) these days. So you kind of have to give people nuggets of information and chunks. So that's when I came up with the four pillars of optimal health and wellness. And I thought those four pillars was the thing that kind of, it addressed everything that was happening with my day to day. So back then, the most important thing I found myself talking about, and I thought that gave my clients the biggest bang for their buck was quality sleep. Okay. And then I changed it to quality sleep and recovery. So that was my number one. People say, Josh, what's the one thing that you, that you get all your clients to get the, the, the biggest bang of their, for their buck? And I would say quality sleep and, and recovery. And they'd be like, really? But you're a fitness trainer. Yeah. Well, I'm telling you, this is, this is how I can get people to perform at their best is by getting them to sleep. Then the next biggest thing I was talking about that also kind of, if you trickle down, gave the most benefit next was working on quality consumption or you can call it nutrition or whatever. But I didn't want people thinking that I'm only talking about the food they put in their mouth, but I also wanted to talk about the things they drink. And I also wanted to talk about the energy they consume and the, the epigenetics, the environmental factors that are around us. All of that we also consume by way of our skin, by way of our breathing, by all kinds of stuff, right? EMFs, blah, blah, blah. So that was another big one. Aha, uh-huh, right? And then the third one back then was quality activeness. And I used to love talking to people about, hey, don't come to me when we, you know, I'm seeing you three times a week, but you need me to write out a program for you when you're not here. To me, that does not make sense. It means I'm not doing my job. I'm not doing something right. If you need to ask me, what should I be doing at home? Because plenty of us have busy lives. Most of my clients have kids or loved ones, spouses, uh, significant others. Go and do something with them. Go and figure it out. If you're getting your work the way you're supposed to be doing it and you're getting quality sleep and you're doing quality, con- quality consumption right, then being active should just be fun, right? It should be things that don't require you to lace up a certain uniform or shoes or schedule a time. Like just go and play basketball or go climb a tree in the park. That's quality activeness, right? Just get quality with it. And then, so the last piece back then was quality exercise. And just even mentioning those four, a lot of people, once I finish kind of rambling about what I'm talking about, they usually go, huh, so wait, you mean, so it's kind of like top down? So like the least important is fitness, but you're a fitness trainer. Like, yeah, I know, I know. But again, it's all about getting you the best results for you. And this is what I've seen works. It's, it's worked for me. So that was kind of my thing. And I was doing magazine articles based on that. I was doing blog posts and did podcasts in which I, I did a, an episode per pillar, if you will. And then I started to work with this client, Tessa Cash, who is now my co-author. And there was a moment, this was pre-pandemic. So this was late. No, I would say mid-2019. And this girl gets introduced to me from a good friend. 
And she wanted to come in to do electrical muscle stimulation. And she was really interested in the techie side of, of what I do. And as I kind of started asking questions and diving more into what she wanted to, to do, I knew that there was way more to this, this young lady than what she was displaying. I could feel it like it was, it was like a hundred pound blanket on top of my shoulders. I'm just like, wow, there's, there's way more, but like, sure, let's do, you came in cause you wanted to do that. I would also like to maybe address some of these other things if you're open to it. And she, she's very spiritual. So she's like, yeah, sure. I'm open to it, but let's start with this. Okay. So we do electrical muscle stimulation and my company system fit spelled S Y S T I M F I T. The S T I M in the middle is a play on words because that STEM stands for stimulation or stimulus. And our logo is a brain that's showing synaptic firing. And so there's always a method to my madness and my chaos. Long story short, I was really promoting EMS at the time because this was the kind of the latest and greatest in, in fitness. And I knew that it was going to take the industry by storm. So when she came in wanting to do that, of course, I'm like, yeah, sure. I, I think it's amazing, but I kind of felt like she needed something else, but she wanted to do it. That's what she signed up for. So we did the session. I was very careful like I am with every first time client and I checked in with her like I normally do and everything was fine. A few days later, she comes back into the studio. I'm busy as hell because this was at a time when I was firing on all cylinders. I had a big gym in Midtown. We had just got a second location in Flatiron and we were in the process of closing down the gym in Midtown, but everything was firing. And I, I had a client that usually came late. Therefore, he wanted to stay a little later, but I had another client, her, Tessa, waiting in the lobby and it kind of stressed me out because I'm kind of like, at that point, I'm thinking, why is she early? For me, that felt like it stressed me out, but I didn't really realize what she was going through, right? Because I was in my own head. I was in my own bubble. I wasn't present in the moment. The only present moment I had then was my own shit. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm busy. I can't, how dare this girl come in early soaking wet from the rain, sitting on the couch, looking at me with like these sad eyes. Like, don't you see I'm busy and I'm running and I'll be right with you. And I finally was just like, Hey, how's it going? She's like, and she has this Australian accent. Oh, I'm all right. And I'm like, Oh, wait a minute. That's when boom, I quickly got out of my own head and go, well, wait, I usually don't let that fly. You know, people just telling me they're all right because, you know, I'm also not that person. Like, what do you mean? You're not all right. But I'm like, oh, okay. Well, hey, it's a little busy in the, each of these rooms. Let's go into this office first and let's just have a quick sit down chat if you're okay with that. And she was like, yeah, that's fine. As soon as I shut the door and we sat down, she just burst into tears. Now, at that moment, I'm like, what did I do wrong? Right? Again, I get shifted back into this ego, this you know, it's about me and I must have done something wrong and whatever. When I should have just been thinking, release, there's a release of energy that needs to be, that needs to escape this person, this beautiful being in front of me. Maybe she just needs a hug. It's hard to cross those boundaries and you don't know, especially this was only like, I think the second or third session. So I wasn't quite sure, but I just wanted, I finally was just like, can you um, explain to me what's wrong? Is there something that I did wrong? And she was like, no, no, Josh. Oh my gosh, no. And it kind of, made her feel worse because she's like, no, 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 no. It's nothing you did wrong. But I've been having a problem with my sciatica 
and it hadn't flared up in a long time, but it's now flared up and I can barely walk. So again, the Josh at that time was thinking again, oh, EMS must have triggered something in her and oh man, now she's going to want her money back. She bought a package. Like, uh-oh, instead of just being like, oh, well, let's, let's talk about this because she never, she casually mentioned on her, you know, when she filled out her form to start training with me, she casually mentioned that she has dealt with back issues, but nothing like what she explained to me in that moment. Because again, there's a bit of shame in that, right? And and again, I now know that like we all have shame and trauma. And if I can start all these conversations with great questions and 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 a lot of feedback and candor, it makes the trust happen much faster. And I'm also willing to say, hey, I may not be the person for you. I may not be the person for you, but I would love to see that you get help. And if there's anyone I can re- refer you to, I would be happy to, but I may not be the person for you. And so fast forward, we end up working through that. She ends up, I end up helping her a lot with her sciatica pain. Come to find out she was overtraining. She felt like, I honestly think now she had an ad- addictive behavior towards exercise. And so by the time that she came to me, I had done enough to kind of push her over the edge, right? And so that is why I think it kind of led to this situation in which she's crying in front of me. And then fast forward, pandemic happens. We kind of lose touch because we weren't training together. I remember her telling me at one point, hey, Josh, if it's okay, I want to just kind of pause on, on doing more sessions. Again, I reverted back to the old ways and I thought, oh man, like, is she, does she have money problems? But it shouldn't matter. She had the wherewithal and the vulnerability to be able to admit that, hey, I think I want to pause, but everything is fine. We still hung out. We still, you know, met up. We still, she would ask me questions when she's at the store, what supplements should I get? So everything was fine. And then fast forward to the middle of the pandemic, she found herself moving to California, to LA. And I happened to be working with Madonna throughout most of the pandemic. And we went from being in the Hamptons for three months on quarantine to she took the whole team out to LA. So I found myself in California. And that's when her and I met back up. And I realized it was kind of tough for her. Like she, she kind of mentioned that she maybe could use some work. She was wanting to try to find work, but it was difficult through the pandemic. So I kind of was like, hey, I could use some help with writing because she's a great writer. And, you know, would you want to help me write some blog articles or, or some stuff for my podcast? And one of the first articles we tried to write about was about electrical muscle stimulation of all things, right? So while she's writing this, we had a, the opportunity to address her hesitancy for wanting to do it again because of what it reminded her, it triggered her with her sciatica pain and all these things, you know? And but I'm like, yeah, but it's worked for me and most everyone else that I work with. So I kind of need to get this article out there. Right. So she was even conflicted on being authentic and actually writing about it. So that was when we started to realize that we need to be a little bit more honest and open. Like, Hey, I'm writing this article knowing that this wasn't actually for me, but that's okay because it's been the thing for a lot of people. And then I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is how I should start to talk to my community. This is how I should start to talk to the world. And then I realized that's awareness. That in itself is awareness. Me being aware 
of the different shifts throughout my journey and her being aware of her different shifts. And that was when I was like, wait a minute. I think one thing that's more important than all of those other four pillars is awareness. So that quickly went to the top of the list. So now the five pillars of optimal health and wellness is quality awareness is the most important thing. Next is quality rest, which includes sleep and recovery. The number three is quality consumption as it existed before. Number four, quality activeness. And number five, quality exercise. So that is the the sort of long spiel about my relationship with my, my situation with Tessa and how we became co-authors for my first book ever. Josh, what a story. It's unbelievable <laughs> how sometimes the stories that we try to tell create a certain level of awareness that makes for new stories and leads us down a rabbit hole that can then completely change and, and, and shift our perspective on the topic that we were originally discussing. I think it's the case for a lot of people when they maybe they see an old friend and they tell them a story and they get a certain question, then it completely changes the course of the perspective of the thing that they were sharing or discussing. What a special moment, man. I have a question for you. It might be a tough question. How do you think we can help others shift their awareness? Let's say you're not a health coach, right? This is what you do for a living. Let's say a good friend of yours has the vulnerability to ask you a question and you think that to answer their question, you don't need to literally answer the question, but maybe you need to entertain them with an answer. You know what? I'll put it this way. That, that, that sounds kind of a little complex. I have an analogy that I can share with you. Okay. Let's say you take an anglerfish, right? You know how the anglerfish have this like little lure, the light up lure? What I'm thinking the way that you describe this, maybe an anglerfish is a, a negative way to describe this because you end up getting eaten. But let's say that you people approach you because they're attracted to what they see from a distance. They want fitness training right? And you entertain that, but you're going to eat them right up and teach them how much more about their lives they actually need to learn to get to, to get that lure, right? You, you eat them up. You entertain them, but you eat them up. So how do you think we can approach other people? Or rather, how do you think we can, be, we can set ourselves up in a position where people ask us questions because maybe they feel like they can trust us? How can we entertain those ideas and then support something that's a little more holistic, a little more complete. What do you think is the best step towards helping people get the help they need with answers that they don't think that they expected? Great question. And I hope I'm hearing you the way that I'm going to answer this. <laughs> but the first thing that comes to mind goes back to what I mentioned earlier, which is asking great questions. And also just being as vulnerable as that person might be in that moment, right? And so recognizing the seriousness or the complexity of the situation by going a little bit deeper to ask deeper questions, that first and foremost lets the person know that's across from you that you're invested in this moment with them. So it's one of the best ways to show that you're present is to ask deeper questions. And then so many things come from their response. Do they pause before they before they answer? Are they are they quick to jump on a question or an answer? simply because they need to be they need to hear themselves. Do I need to get them to just breathe for 10 seconds before they answer? How do I shift the conversation to go down the path that I want it to go? And this is going to be one of the most remedial things to understand for most people, and that's when you start to ask questions to a person that comes to me 
for fitness training. I eventually want to know why is it that they want fitness training? Duh. I think that's an obvious one, right? Because one of those common things could be, hey, so how can I help? Well, my friend told me that you're a really good trainer. Okay, cool. Well, what is a really good trainer to you, right? Because now that's a question that makes them go, oh, because the trainer down the street is probably going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Who's your friend? Oh, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Oh, yeah. She has money. So, okay, I'm going to charge this this client this much. And okay, let's go. You got your shoes with you? And then they go. But for me, I want to go, well, what, what does a good trainer mean to you? What does your friend say a good trainer is to her or to him? And now we've completely diverted off of, wait, I, I really came here to, to do curls and pull-ups. Now, if a person says that, that's fine too. I mean, totally fine. But usually what that means is, a person comes in and say, well, just finished Thanksgiving and Christmas is around the corner. I know I'm going to be pummeling all of the cakes and the food and the drinks and the this and that. So I want to make sure I have someone in place so that like when I finish that, I can undo all of that. And I go, oh, okay. So that would be like you exercising before getting a trainer. Is that what I'm hearing? And then they go, I mean, I don't want to tell them that that, it's, that is absurd for them to think in that manner. I just ask them the question to get them to go, well, now that you say it back to me, it does sound kind of crazy. Yeah, we should probably go ahead and start now because I can, you know, I might be able to help you mitigate some of those things that you're going through, right? Like maybe you could make a better choice with the drinks you're going to have. Maybe you can, you can practice fasting if you've never tried that before. Maybe you could, I could help you with some detox protocols, but you're now wanting to ensure that you're going to have the trainer that you think is the person you want to help you when I might only tell you that I'm not the trainer for you. Right. So let's figure it out now. (laughs) And now then that's like, well, wow, Johnny down the street, wouldn't do that. He'd be like, yeah, sure. I, I've got these days available and these time available and we'll start after, after the holidays. So I say it in that way. I know it's a, again, it's a long answer and I get long winded easily, but that's just, my hope is that you and the, the listener is able to kind of understand how my mind works and also how difficult that might be to put into a book. But doing these long form conversations allows me to be able to, to explain like, this is how I see it. This is how I see the world. For me, it's like I put on glasses or I'm being thrust in and out of the matrix. It's like, I really see everything kind of from this, this top down view. And it just becomes like, oh, wow, this person in front of me is another beautiful entity that just needs a little bit of guidance. And that's it. Josh, I want to say you're, you're definitely you're speaking my language here. And I find that this is an ability that a lot of the best psychologists are able to take on to draw people in is they just, they answer your questions by asking more and more and more questions. And it naturally provokes this sort of trustworthiness and a, and a curiosity and willingness to share, to share more and to, and to open up jars that haven't been opened and to look places that haven't been looked in and, and to look under the rug where, where maybe you were kind of hiding things away you didn't think you had to share. Maybe those were the very things that led you to that place where now you're in a position where you need some help. It's like those questions really help us find the best conversations and then therefore offer the best help. 
And if I can, I can give one more practical example just in case the person listening is like, yeah, okay, that's a lot of woo-woo talk, Josh, sure. But like, what's another practical example? And here's, here's a practical example. So let's say that the person that's in front of me just isn't quite into this whole like, hey, dude, I only have an hour. I just want to come and work out. Okay, no problem. Let's get to it. So what that might look like is I have an assessment that I take every client through. And sometimes I like to disperse radical or what might be might be perceived as radical shifts into the session. And one of those shifts might be random number counting because I just want to see how bogged down, how tied to this dogma of these arbitrary numbers that are just thrown out there for the sake of business, right? Like, why do we have to do a 60-minute session? Well, that's because society tells us that, you know, an hour is the best calculation to be able to figure out how much a person is going to make or can be paid. And, and, and it creates a certain value on that. But like, come on, man, this is not what we're doing, right? But sure, we'll allot an hour. Okay. So let's now get into some squats. I want you to do 17 squats. Can you imagine what happens when I do that? The person goes, 17? Why 17? Great question. Why not 17? Right? And then it begins this other conversation. Again, it gets, I like to reframe things so that we can get out of these moments because sometimes people are stuck in these moments that are habitual or that are, it becomes dogma or you think you should and whatever. And I just like to mix it up. Can you imagine having grown ass men and women well in their, their you know, 40s and 50s, 60s and older crawl on the ground and roll around on the ground like a baby? Yeah, we do it because I'm trying to get them out of, you know, it's like I can say until I'm blue in the face in order to be able to, to, to move better, we need to go back through the movement milestones because sometimes we have to relearn how to, how to move. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's go through the movement milestones. Most of the people I'm working with have babies or have had babies at one point in their life. And I say, well, how was it when you saw your first baby? You know, baby came out on his or her back and was kind of just flailing arms and legs. That's move number one. Let's go. <laughs> Again, can you imagine the mindset of the person that's across from me? And they like, surely you're joking. I'm not doing that. Oh, well, why not? <laughs> because you did it before and you came to me to move better, to be able to, to exercise better. And this is some of the best ways that I can find out what is happening in the root of this system. And so sometimes they reluctantly do it and they always come back to me and they're like, dude, I've never had anybody do that. Because keep in mind, a lot of these people I'm working with are CEOs and heads of their companies and you know, and they're usually giving out the orders and sometimes they just need to be told what to do. And another one I like to do is I just tell people to flail around. It's common to, to do shaking or fidgeting to kind of release stress. Like there's trauma release programs where you can do tapping and, and violently shaking because this is what animals do in the wild. And we can talk through that, you know, with clients and they understand it. But sometimes I like to just say, okay, especially the clients that are very type A, I love to take them out of their mode of needing to know exactly how many reps and how many sets and how much time we're going to do an exercise. So what I'll tell them is I say, okay, for the next 30 seconds, I want you to just move. Ready? 
go. And they always stop me. Always stop me. Right? Now, keep in mind, this is a person that feels confined to his or her desk, confined to their cars, isolated because of a pandemic, and they complain that they don't get a chance to move. But when asked to just move for 30 seconds, they are so confused. And that's a perfect moment for me to go, aha, you need to release control. You need to, there's so much control in your life. Sometimes you just got to kind of let that go. And they, well, yeah, but I am letting it go because I tell, I want you to tell me what to do. Yeah, but then you're trying to control me to control you. So would you like an example of some ways to move? Because you've seemed to have forgotten. Here, I'll show you. And I just kind of shake and I'm going to, and they're like, but that looks silly. I'm not paying you to do that. I said, okay, well then keep in mind, I may not be for you. But there's a lot of breakthrough moments that we can get through when we can do things like this. And it's not always peachy. Don't get me wrong. I've had people literally curse me out. I've had people yell at me. I've had people walk out on on sessions. I've had it all. But what I'm trying to get to is I'm not here to train you for the rest of your life. I'm here to get you to optimize and to become more aware of what you can do on your own so that you can then pass that on to your family, to your friends, to your loved ones. And maybe you see a client that would be good for me. This is, I think it's another long way of just kind of giving a, a practical example of that approach. I really appreciate that approach and, and the kind of awareness that it inspires. And one thing that I want to ask you about being a, a high performance and health optimization coach is how do you get the chance to apply the sort of cutting edge, you know, best and latest that a lot of people look for without having people treat themselves like Drosophila? For people who aren't familiar with Drosophila, it's a scientific name for fruit flies. And the reason I say that is because a lot of these best and latest studies with treatments and drugs and therapies and, you know, they're based on such small animal models and people extrapolate that and try to apply it to like, you know, their human scenario, but it's such limited science. They're not really applying the best and latest. So how do you how do you find the balance between helping people apply the best and latest without the negative side of, of biohacking, right? It's like what is this yeah. what is the science even? And actually giving them real steps that they can take, rather help them take, bringing awareness. You know, how do you find that sort of midline? I think balance is the key word because let's face it, there's a number of things that you know I've dedicated my life and my career to what I do. And it's a big part of my day to day. And I've found so much joy in it. And I, I'm very passionate about everything I do. So it took a while for me to understand this, but I now understand that not everyone is like me, obviously, right? I mean, we're all very special. We're all very different, but not everyone is excited about methylene blue or, you know, like EMF blocking the devices and monitoring sleep and poop samples and shit like that. Like, I think- No pun intended. Right, exactly. <laughs> I think it's, it's where the balance comes is I try to let everyone know, just like I talk about with my celebrity clients, they have the means to do way more than the other person might have. So they are able to do all these things, you know, and then that also becomes a crutch for some people. They'll go, well, I would love to be able to, to, to work out like Madonna works out. or I'd love to be able to hire you as a trainer, but I can't afford you. And it's like, well, can you not really? Because I give a lot of free content. I test a lot of things so that I'm spending my hard earned money and time creating content and, and buying products so that you can then message me and say, hey, is this thing really legit? 
Well, yeah, because I'm putting it out there. My hope is that I'm building up enough integrity within this, this industry that people go, okay, if Josh is talking about it, chances are he's vetted it. And if he hasn't, he's going to tell me. And I always like to mention, because I think it's a powerful business strategy as well, a powerful sales technique, but I think it's important to, to mention anytime I'm promoting something that there's always going to be people that it doesn't work for, and it may not be for you. And just like with my own work, I may not be the person for you. So when you hear that, I think that lowers the, the, the barriers that people might have in a normal situation in which they go, oh, he probably just got paid for that. Maybe he did. Yeah. And there's, there's things I get paid to do. But can you imagine how many companies reach out to me on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, asking me to promote their stuff? A lot of times I don't even answer. Not because I'm trying to be like, you know, that guy, but I have to also realize that I got to say no sometimes. And I don't have the time to respond to every single person because I take, I give so much to my clients. I give so much to myself. I give so much to my family. I give so much to my friends. When I see the right opportunity come across my, my email or my, my DM or whatever, I go, oh, this one's interesting. Let me look more into this one. And then that's how these beautiful relationships come about. And, you know, maybe I've missed out on some, some amazing opportunities, maybe. But I feel like I'm living my life the way that feels right to my very core. I've already forgot the question, but I hope... I got I gave you what what you were looking for. No, it absolutely <laughs> does. It absolutely does work. And one thing I want to ask you about those products and services is what do you feel are some products and services that perhaps you originally had a really really good feeling about and then through some testing you figured it wasn't really the best thing to promote. Oh, that's that's an easy one. And you know, I don't want this to turn into like a to like flack against any companies or products, but like I, I'm going to be authentic, and it is what it is. So one of the first ones that kind of comes to mind is Newcom, and you know, and and I still have Newcom systems. I have the first, or I think it was the second iteration when it was still a CES device, and I spent. Would you mind describing uh, uh, what the what the Newcom is? So Nucom basically is a parasympathetic nervous system activator. It's probably the best way to explain it. Or it's a, it can be used as a meditative device or a vagal tone device. I would imagine your listeners already know about this, but I guess the easiest way to explain it, because I do like to simplify things, is it's, it's a really good way. It's a service, a product and a service that allows you to, through the use of binaural frequencies in the ears, and either CES patches, cranial electrical stimulation. You have these patches that you would put like behind the ears that help to, to open up the portal to, to allow GABA to get into the vagus nerve. But then they went into a sticker or a, a patch, what they call a patch. And the patch has the frequency of GABA embedded into it, which is when for me, it got a little woo-woo, <laughs> right? Yeah. And again- <laughs> I know there's a lot of science behind it. I know there's a lot. I've also felt it. I, I do agree that it's, it's an amazing product. A lot of people are using it. I know the founders and the creators personally. I've spent many dinners, trips with them. But I have to admit, you know, I spent over $8,000 on three of their devices. And, you know, and I'm kind of stuck with, with it. 
I'm just kind of stuck with them. I use it from time to time. And when I started to use it in my practice, and when I had the studio in Midtown, I was able to get people to use it and they were getting good responses out of it. But we had to even encourage them to come there in the first place. And how much do you charge for putting electrodes behind somebody's ear and having them essentially, essentially take a nap? This is how they viewed it. They viewed it as taking a nap. And, you know, I can do all of the talking through my teeth about, well, you know, it's actually helping you to relax and showing you that you're going to get better sleep for a number of days and you should do this three times a week and blah, blah, blah. I mean, people just weren't doing it. And especially when it went to the patch, I always resisted that. I told them, I said, listen, I'm getting much better responses out of having tools, even if it was placebo. We know placebo is powerful and it's useful in science. So even if it's placebo, just to see that you have this device in your hand that has these leads that go to a patch and then you put a cream on the wrist and then you put uh, you know, eye mask and headphones and you lay them down in this nice fancy chair and you come back in an hour or 30 minutes or whatever, I'm able to use that and sell that because that's what I do. But now you've got these patches that you want me to use, but you have to wrap them in foil because if you go through the through uh, the TSA or any kind of ma- anything that's magnetic, it's going to reduce or negate the effect. And I'm like, man, I can't wrap my head around that, <laughs> you know. And I can't get people to spend a couple thousand dollars and then a subscription to try to to do this. And I thought that I think I still think that the biggest thing they have going for them is their binaural frequency, the app. I think that's what people are ultimately paying for. And it's deep in the science. It's really good. It's really good. I still use it. But I can get decent effects, maybe not the same, but I can get decent effects with just listening to their audio tracks while I'm doing other protocols. Like I use Happy more than probably more than anything. Happy and Infopathy, I think is a really cool device. What about the Apollo Neuro? Apollo Neuro, of course. I use that in conjunction with it. So, in fact, I was doing Apollo with Nucom, and I even did Nucom inside of a hyperbaric oxygen chamber, which was, again, pretty cool. But, you know, even what is the, the other one that you put around your head? It's like a headband. Muse. Muse is another really cool device that I kind of thought, man, all these other companies are coming out with these, these devices that have had as profound effects on me. Maybe not quite the same, but when you weigh up against having to get these patches, which a lot of people look as stickers, I'm going to go for the one that I think is as good and it's easier to use. So I think that's probably the main one that comes to mind. But again, their product is good. It really does work. It just, to me, I wish they would have stayed with the the old way. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> I appreciate taking us through that and happy to hear that you're enjoying these devices. I personally love the Apollo Neuro. I use it for podcasts and such. And Actually, I was going to put it on today, but I had a little bit of a malfunction while updating it, and now they're sending me a new one. So, <laughs> But I love the cool. Apollo Neuro. Apollo Neuro is a really, really cool device. But anyway, yeah. I wanted to return quickly to, to awareness because I wanted to ask you, do you think that a lot of people will sort of invest in these technologies and biohacks blindly when, in fact, investing in awareness is probably a, a better and more effective first step? And how do you know which is the first best step to take? How do you know when you have enough awareness to proceed with now a new biohack or or some kind of novel technology? 
That's a really good question. I mean, it sounds like you're you're asking when do you know enough is enough? Yeah. Pretty much. Like when do you know that the answer is either more awareness, like you need to be more aware to optimize your health, perform higher, improve your fitness. And when do you know when the answer is, hey, now it's okay. a matter of I need to invest a few thousand dollars into a coach or into a technology or into a course. Yeah, great. Okay. I think when you get to a point where you feel like you find yourself wanting to get everything that's being promoted, you know, online because you just can't help yourself. I think that's when you need to realize that like, hey, there's so much more you need to work on within yourself, even for that to work, right? And again, people who don't know me probably think that about me, but I also have a reason why I'm doing this. You know, I'm doing it as research and it's part of my work and whatever. But sure, there's times when I go without any of this stuff, no supplements, no gadgets, no nasal sprays, no, you know, enemas. <laughs> like I try to just strip it all back because I, I also can see sometimes like it gets annoying to have all these things and not use them. You know, I spend a lot of money and time investing in these things. And so that's a, a moment when I think if you literally got stranded, let's say we were in a situation Ukraine is in right now and we're being bombed down on, like how many of these hacks are you going to take with you, right? And that's when I think people need to realize how much awareness is lacking and when we need to also make sure that while we are having fun exploring all this biotech, we also need to be tapping into our primitive ancestral wisdom as well. And that's a big part of what I do. It goes back to balance, like you were talking about earlier. And again, the physical side of what that looks like to kind of get to that conversation better is to get somebody to practice their balance. And you can kind of go between this sort of figurative speech into the literal context of balancing on, on, on anything. And so that might be an easy segue for me to just tell somebody like, look, you might, you might need as much work on your balance in real life the physical side of it as you do the sort of mental and spiritual side of what you're doing. A classic way to sort of figure that out for yourself, a, a good way to, to figure that out, whether you need to invest in yourself and your understanding of yourself and everything on the internal before, rather than, you know, investing in the external, like, you know, devices, technologies, biohacks, coaching, etc. It's like, do you find everything attractive? Do you find all these novel technologies and stuff? Like, does everything seem like a shiny object all of a sudden? Maybe that's a, a reason for you to sort of dig into yourself and figure out what needs to be addressed. Because clearly, I mean, objectively speaking, maybe it's one of those things that could work really well for you. I'm sure all of them can, but if everything sort of seems, seems a little too shiny, maybe look within. I wanted to ask you something as sort of like a follow-up. I find that people who don't have a certain level of awareness and start investing in all these technologies they start to sort of express how these technologies aren't very effective or how they expected something a little more profound. What can you say to those people? Let's say, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a personal example, actually. My dad, right? My dad is a physician. He's a, he's a surgeon. He's super scientific uh, minded and such. He's a very smart guy. And I like to approach him sometimes with these novel technologies, biohacks, therapies, nutrition, and he'll kind of experiment with it. And he'll be like, hey, this didn't really work for me. And for me, it's more of like a matter of like, if you maybe had, I don't know, if you could reflect a little deeper on what we're doing and if you can maintain this a little longer, you would see the benefit. Like, what can I say to my dad in this scenario? That's a great question and, and situation because I was going to 
I was going to mention that something along those lines anyway. Another time that I would say people could try to look deeper into themselves and be a little bit more aware is when they claim that something is not working for them. And for me, it goes back to the question because, you know, I get it all the time on social media. People will make comments about, oh, this product is shit and this product is, and, and I go, like somebody mentioned actually about Newcom on my YouTube, one of my YouTube videos. I think I, I did a session with my mom after a fatal car wreck. And it's like, if you just watch the video, it doesn't matter if it worked for you. My mom was having a special moment. And are, are you kidding me? Like, but I don't let it get to me because I know they're trolls or they're bots or whatever. But this person literally was like, new calm didn't work for me. And it's shit. And I can't believe you're promoting it. And, and I just go, you know, no need to respond. But in my head, I'm thinking, well, what version of new calm didn't work for you? And what do you mean it didn't work for you? And how long did you test it? And what were you doing what, while you were using it? And what results were you looking for? Right? So these are those questions that I was talking about before. It's like, when you can ask deeper questions for people that you do know mean well, right? So we're not talking about a, a bot, or we're not talking about a troll, but like in your, in your case, your dad, somebody who knows, like, that's always kind of what I ask next. It's like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. What were your expectations? What did you hope to gain out of this? Was there anything you got out of this? Right? Like these are all questions that are very relevant to that moment. And, and that should cause them to go, Oh, well, you know, I never really thought about it, but I think I was expecting to, to go to sleep and I didn't go to sleep. Ah, no, no, this is not a sleep product. It's actually a product to get you to relax. And, oh, you see that aura ring you're wearing? Maybe we can test to see if it improved your HRV. And if it didn't improve it in that session, who's to say it's not going to help you to have a better HRV or better recovery tonight when you go to sleep or when you wake up, right? And so pointing out all these moments just shows the complexity and all the nuances that's involved in, in the things that I do. And again, I'm never the person to say, no, 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 you need to do this. You need to do that. It's always, well, have you looked into this? Have you tried that? And then, you know, then we just kind of go down the rabbit holes. <laughs> Speaking about rabbit holes, I hope this isn't too much of a rabbit hole because I know we're, we're running short on time. But my, my sort of last question for you today is, how do we guarantee that it's not a lack of awareness that's holding us back? That's a tough question. I don't know. I have to be able to say, Sometimes I don't, I just don't know because I think in, in situations like you're describing, it's really up to the individual. It really is up to the individual. And yeah, I, I think if you can rule out the fact that it's not a lack of awareness, then chances are you can go down the other pillars because, you know, remember in the, in my method, if you will, I've got the, the five pillars and it's not that awareness, having awareness fixes everything, but it helps to address everything. Yeah. So, so if, if it's not lack of awareness, then certainly it could be, it could be what you're eating. It could be the people that you keep around. It could be your, you know, stress levels. It could be medication interactions. It could be all kinds of stuff. It could be genetics. It could be epigenetics. You know, it's like, there's so many things, but if we're always looking for the blame to be outside of us first, that's the true problem. That's the true issue. I think we should be very, very much introspective. We should be constantly doing the inner work constantly. 
so that we don't face that decision you're talking about, that decision of, is it just a lack of awareness? Because is it just a lack of awareness to me is a much bigger question that requires a very, very long discussion. (laughs) What do you think about maybe just ensuring that we're never in a position where we think we know it all? Yeah, really good question as well. I think surround yourself with, with people that are as successful, if not more successful, because there's those quotes in the adage, the adage that, you know, if you're the smartest person in the room, go to another room. I love that because I think we can always learn from people's experiences because being a know-it-all is only in a certain context. A know-it-all can only be a know-it-all in data, but a know-it-all can't be a know-it-all in my experience or your experience or someone else's experience. So I just think know-it-alls just need to be around (laughs) different people. (laughs) And know-it-alls are tricky, man. They are tricky. And again, that might just be a situation that gets you to kind of go, then if you know it all, like, why are we even talking? Like, what are we going to gain out of this? Are you trying, do you want to lecture to me every time we meet? Right. Because that's how we can get real serious about if we could, if we should continue hanging out or not. But like, I feel like you come to me to ask questions only to tell me that you know it all. Is that productive? Do you know the outcome of this UFC fight? Do you? Uh, Of course I know. Okay. Well then why are we even watching the fight? Let's go somewhere else. Let's do something else. (laughs) So I, I keep certain people around because that's, that's the, you know, the consumption, the quality consumption. I want to be surrounded by people who are crushing it, but also people who are vulnerable enough to have real conversations. And of course, we need to have this surface level talks, but I like to go deep. And it's not always deep and it's not always serious because people who know me know that I'm quite, you know, I have a, a good sense of humor and I'm, a, I guess, a funny guy. I've always kind of been. But that's because I feel like there's a, there's a certain amount of wittiness and an intelligence that uh, revolves around the world of comedy. And again, that's another rabbit hole. But <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm actually about to go do now. I think a great way to wrap this up is that those who know the most are the ones who ask the most questions. Mm, podcast hosts. awesome well hey thanks so much for joining us today josh it was such an honor to to have you here with us and thank you for your authenticity man thank you so much i appreciate it andres man it was really a great chat uh it sucks that I, i have to get going right now but i'm happy that we got a chance to get this done and i look forward to having you on my show at some point soon hopefully soon and thank you for all that you do keep crushing it. If there's anything I can do to help, obviously I'm sure you're going to tag all of my stuff on here, but for the listeners out there, if you found this conversation useful and you have more questions and you want us to do more, like let us know. Cause I'm sure Andres would love the feedback. I love the feedback and let's just get more real with each other. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. I'll make sure to link to everything in the show notes and I'll make sure to link to your book too. The awareness shift. The awareness shift. Yes, sir. It's available for pre-order as we speak. Awesome. Thanks so much, man. So that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
for all of the show notes, including clickable links to anything and everything that we discussed today, everything from discount codes to videos to research articles, books, tips, tricks, techniques, and of course, to learn more about the guest on today's episode, all you have to do is head to my website, andresprechel.com. That's A-N-D-R-E-S-P-R-E-S-C-H-E-L.com and go to podcasts. You can also leave your feedback, questions, and suggestions for future episodes, future guests, so on and so forth. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one. Have a lovely rest of your day.